blindness. Let me hear the story of the flood. Yeah, that one was, um, was a really insightful story. Uh, God tells Noah to build an ark. He was going to be in about a couple of days' time. He was going to be sending the flood to wipe out the whole earth. His reason being that man had been so sinful to the point of him thinking, you know what? Fuck this. Because why wouldn't you? I can definitely relate to that idea. You know, having sort of had faith in certain things for a while and you get to a point where you realize what's the point of doing this because there are no it's nothing worth investing in something about that that I think um, that's interesting you know I asked the question of why did God invest in Noah I suppose the question I suppose it's um, I suppose it's a question of faith right because for a lot of us there's a lot of things in our life that don't really go the way that we want but there's always something that one thing that we decide that you know if we invest in it above all else you know it will inevitably lead to the restoration of everything so to speak so often when somebody tells me about faith the faith I've often received is faith in God I think it's the first time I've looked at it as the other way around you know God's faith in us now whether or not you you believe in God or not you know there is a there is a psychological insight there because as I mentioned before when you live in your life and you come across different things that you know you lose faith in because maybe all those beliefs that you've had have been destroyed by inconsistencies or lies or whatever the case may be. Suffering and malevolence, for lack of a better term, actually, if we're going to quote John Peterson here. So, you know, that's what nihilism, that's how nihilism comes about. And as someone in my position who is obviously subjected to that every single day of his life, it's something that I it's something that I have to contend with you know how can I put my faith in a world that doesn't really that hasn't really inspired me you know because I used to be quite a romantic right I used to have this idea of what the world would be like you know what ideals or maybe I never did I don't know but I'm a lot less romantic now than I was back then it's just what I'm trying to get at because there have been certain things that have happened in my life and the more I look into it, the more I come to realize that there is just no worth. There's no there's no requirement for me to actually pursue that. But so how do you then restore that faith, right? How do you restore that faith? Because at the end of the day, you know, you can't operate nihilistically because ultimately you will still be subjected to suffering and malevolence and with no way to counter that, everything that just generates. I think the answer lies in the other side of the story, which is the Noah side. Because God instructs him to go out and to go and build the ark. 
Now, I may be chatting shit here because, again, I got my notes here that I'm making reference to and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be coherent. So hopefully it does make sense in some way, shape or form. But while I ramble on, do try and see if you can hang on or rather, hopefully I can hang on because this is more for me than anything else. But I've, I've always wondered, you know, what did Noah think about that, you know, when he was called to take that action, right? So Noah essentially is an instrument of God's intent to wipe the slate clean and start afresh because pretty much everything that he'd invested in up to that point did not seem to be turning out to be worthwhile because it had degenerated. So Noah had been ascribed the responsibility of re-establishing a, a re-establishing, you know, of helping God to hit that reset button. And if I were to imagine him as an actual person, because again, all this could be metaphorical, but if you could imagine it as an actual person, you know, what could have been going through his mind at that point in time? You know, was he up to the task? Did he believe that he was capable of doing it? What was the purpose of all this? But he went across, he went about doing it anyway, in spite of the fact that there were people who were criticizing him and where didn't really believe in him or thought that he was crazy. We've all seen that movie, right? You know, Evan Almighty, how the society responded, responds to somebody who is doing something that may not necessarily fit in with the status quo, but does have. The thing is, with these sort of things, it, it, it's. It's amazing. Some of these ideas are somewhat rooted in a very, and it, it, they're rooted in a very, very um, essential aspect of reality. Or at least that's how you know the ones that are legitimate. Because you know, if you look at people like Elon Musk, for instance. You know, when he was going about building, um, you know, the SpaceX and the rest of them companies. No one actually bought into the notion that what he was doing was sensible. I mean, it wasn't like electric cars were making where the bees knees. And at that point in time, you know, uh, what's it called? NASA wasn't exactly, there wasn't that much investment in space travel. And the technology had been pretty archaic, for lack of a better word. There weren't that many strides and it was a very expensive enterprise. Nothing about that situation would have suggested that he was, you know, he was any, in any good position to turn that around. But he went and did it anyway because he had faith. He believed that something about that would be of use to the human race. He believed that that was the future. And it wasn't so much that he was thinking of himself as the person who would usher in the good times. I think from what I've listened to him, listened to him talk about, what I understand is that he's often been, you know, of the view that it doesn't matter whether or not he actually accomplishes it. As far as he's concerned, he's just, you know, setting a benchmark that somebody else can actually build upon. So whether or not he accomplishes it or not, all he's simply doing is just, you know, laying up, laying something else onto the foundation that people can use as a reference point. So. Maybe that's what Noah was going about doing. Maybe that's what Noah was believing that whatever he managed to accomplish in pursuit of that goal was far more worthwhile than not doing anything. You know, maybe he doesn't complete the ark. Maybe he completes enough to save a couple of people. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, it's a very there's a lot of uncertainty about what we do, 
that you can't fully be certain that you know whatever actions you take will lead to some outcome because you're swimming in such chaos that it's difficult to assess how much control you have over the situation sometimes you probably don't even have any control so those of us myself especially you know likes to go about with this idea that maybe I, maybe if i you know unless i have 100% control over the situation there's no way i'm going to act so to speak so it's um it's often been one of the reasons why i've been very reluctant to take action on anything whatsoever whether it's talking to the girl on the street or taking up a job or pursuing some sort of intellectual affair doing this podcast that I'm doing it's all been you know there's been some restraints because I've often had this idea that I had to be perfect in order to realize that vision and uh, but that's never the case nobody's ever perfect I remember talking about this in my last podcast you know in the conversation that I had with um I had a conversation with my therapist about it that I had this idea that maybe the idea of moving mountains does not necessarily require perfectionism perhaps your imperfection is uh, is required it's important that you're not up to standard for that to make any sense so to speak perhaps that's a necessity in fact it is the baseline nobody is competent enough to contend with reality because it's it's a very chaotic affair and it's taken millions and millions of years of work for people to come to this point to even be able to contend with that but anyway um the reason why I sort of like delved into this whole situation you know this conversation today really stems from a, I suppose well on subject of chaos I have found myself in a bit of a chaotic situation to do with my finances and um it's never been the case that I had any grasp on it. Uh, if I'm honest with you, I've never been very good with managing my finances. You know, numbers for me has been a very confusing affair. Unfortunately, it was never something that I was exposed to, exposed to. You know, I never blindness. So, like I was saying actually, um, some I actually just had a phone call, so I had to cut off and, you know, get take the phone call first before I continue the conversation. But, um, so what was I? So, I found myself in a bit of a predicament. Actually, the call that I just received was from the people who were helping me out with that whole financial situation. And, um, it's to do with debt management. I, unfortunately, since moving here, I hadn't set up a construct to help me manage the situation when it came to managing my bills and whatnot so inevitably that led to some unforeseen circumstances to do with my budget not being able to accommodate those additional charges and here we are now i've never really created a budget before if i'm honest with you and i haven't really adhered to it as such but i'm now forced to because i now have to pay off my debt so i guess this is a man version of noah's ark right i've never had to work on a debt before. I've never had to be paying off a debt in this particular manner before. I've never had to stick to a budget. So, in many ways, this is my Noah's Ark because it seems to me that reality has caught up to me with the point where it says, you know, this there needs there's a degeneration here that needs to be 
regardless of whether or not you're sufficient for the task, you need to do it now. And I'm grateful for it in a sense because I've never had that before. Um, you know, growing up, I think part of the reason why I'm in this situation is because I've never been taught to do a lot of these things, as I mentioned previously. Um, the idea of being independent was not something that was developed as part of my upbringing because I was raised primarily by my mother. My dad, not so much, you know. A lot of this requires discipline, and discipline goes hand in hand with delayed gratification. And I was watching a Jordan Peterson video recently, and he was talking about this with a fellow named Warren Farrell, the guy who wrote The Boy Crisis. I haven't yet read that book, but that'll be something I'll need to look into at some point. The point being that um, delayed gratification was something that came about due to a father's uh, roughhousing with the children. You know, when you're playing with your kids, you're often setting the rules of conduct that would allow them to play so that means telling them okay maybe you need to brush your teeth or do your homework or do this or do that before you get down to playing and the kids obviously who absolutely love that idea of roughhousing would have to abide by those dictates in order to be able to participate in the roughhousing affair so what what would happen is that in doing that over a repeated series of times the kid would become much more depth in realizing that you know in order for you to participate in any sort of endeavor or any game you have to abide by certain rules. And uh, those rules would ensure you some kind of um, benefits. Now, of course, in my case, I didn't get that. My dad wasn't really around. And uh, my mother, you know, she's, I suppose she's not designed to provide me with that sort of uh, benefit. So she did her best. Um, my dad, unfortunately, really didn't do much so either way it is what it is so here I am as an adult trying to make something of that so I realized that as part of this journey that I'm going for I would need to do the same I would need to identify opportunities or circumstances that would allow me to develop that quality the concern I've often had is, you know, at age, the band at right now, I'm 32 years old. There is something about engaging in such an enterprise that seems futile because once you get to a certain point, you know, the chances of you being accommodated or whatnot is very minimal. So what do you do with that? Well, going back to my point, the fact that I'm insufficient for that endeavor is partly the reason why it is essential so I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay off my debt I don't know what's going to happen in that respect maybe shit hits the fan maybe things get worse you know <laughs> I was actually watching this movie last night Love and Monsters uh, starring Logan Lerman and uh, he, his story was I found very relatable because he was embarking on a hero's journey which would mean that he would encounter a number of different Circumstances that would inevitably lead to him getting to where he is. And I suppose, you know, even though he had this romantic idea of, you know, getting to the end and, you know, being with his girlfriend or whatnot, you know, without spoiling the movie, actually, it doesn't really turn out that way necessarily. I think, you know, the girl herself had already undergone some experiences that were quite you know significant to her but I suppose 
by the end of the story, really, what really, what came to this, what came to the surface for him, especially, was that he came to realize that in going on that journey, he was able to acquire sort of experiences that would inform the way, you know, people would live. And I guess that's what I'm doing by doing these sort of podcasts, right? You know, I don't know if anybody will sit down and listen to this any day. Maybe I'll never listen to it again, but whatever the case may be, I think that this and these entries I make is an attempt for me to consolidate all the experiences that I've had and try to put it into a format that could be of use to someone someday. But I guess fundamentally, you know, In setting up, in, in, in pursuing this ideal of sort of paying off my debt, for instance, I feel like it's a good thing. I mean, I'm terrified by it, obviously, but I feel like it's a good thing and I'm grateful for the opportunity because it does mean that there are parts of me that are going to come to the fore that will hopefully help me move forward, you know. So, whatever the case may be. None of this is intended to be perfect. None of this is intended to be, you know, 100, as the kids would say. But maybe that's the whole point. Maybe the point is for it to be shitty. And uh, hopefully as time goes on, I start to find the elements of it that are quite useful. And those stay while everything else gets cast aside. So... Yeah, maybe it should be about production. Maybe we'll get to the editing path of things, and maybe that's the perspective God has when He, you know, in that story of Noah's Ark. Maybe the idea was, okay, well, humanity had gotten up to this point. Let's find something amongst this muck that we can keep and cast everything aside. And I think that's probably why He put His faith in Noah because He knew that Noah. You know, even though he seemed so insignificant at the time, he represented what he represented is actually quite profound. In that he he represents a potential. You know, even though it's rough, but it represents the sort of potential that will inevitably withstand against the coming tide. But anyway, um, yeah, I think I'll leave it at that because um, I don't, I've got other things to do at this point, you know, get my stuff together. But uh, I'm glad I've had this opportunity for this session and I hope I can uh, provide more insights during my next sessions. So stay tuned and uh, I look forward to our next conversation.